Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Palmico dog training Q&A. You guys know how these Q&As work. They are questions from the Palmico inner circle, from people that are following the Palmico dog guide. If you want to find out more about the Palmico dog guide, you can do that at palmicodogtraining.com. And you can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all under Palmico Dog Training. So first question, Alice, how do I stop my dog jumping up on me and surfaces? We have a 15-week-old Vizsla cross with a GSP lab. She's going reasonably well routine, routine and obedience-wise, but constantly jumping up on us and surfaces. So I'm guessing jumping up on tables and things. Um, we are using pressure to remove her and commanding off and praising her when she's down. So that's perfect. Pressure on what we don't want, praise on what we do want. But despite this approach, she still seems to be constantly jumping. I would say the biggest thing on this is, sounds like too much freedom. And so 15 week old Vizsla GSP lab, it's quite a, uh, full-on little mix there. Vizslas can be pretty full-on. GSPs can be pretty full-on. Labs, not so much, but they can be real people dogs. Um, yeah, lab pups can be stoked on people wanting to jump up all the time. Early on in the Palmico Dog Guide, we talk about the importance of having that direct supervision on the pup when early on when we're doing our house training and crate training and things. So, um, basically when Miko was out of the crate early on, I want to be watching her directly. And if I start to have her out of the crate or out of the kennel running around the house and I'm not directly supervising her, that's when the pup's going to start jumping up on people, jumping up on tables and all over the place. And that's one of our principles we talk about. Uh, there's a couple, there's a few, uh, Palmico principles at play here, um, a big one is exposing weakness, you know, um, and freedom and responsibility. So freedom and responsibility is basically giving our pup too much freedom and responsibility before they're ready for it. Um, and exposing weakness is putting our pup in a situation where it can jump up on things and begin to learn these ha different habits and behaviors um, we're basically training our pup to do things that we don't want them to do. So in this situation, like honestly, the best way to deal with it is more control and structure, less freedom and responsibility. Um, so it's more just either the pups in the crate and when it's out of the crate, we're really direct one-on-one -on -one with it, making sure it's not jumping up on people and jumping up on surfaces. And if it's too, if it's getting too much, and and no matter what you do, it's still happening. Then you need to put the pup on a lead, or put it in a crate, or calm the situation down a little bit too. It depends on the situation. Um, if it's just me, one person, and a pup in a quiet, calm room, it's going to be easier. To get that pup to engage with me, pay attention and calm down. But if there's three or four or five people and there's more going on, people moving around, um, kids involved, more noises, um, the reading and timing of the pressure and praise 
isn't quite bang on with different uh, members of the household um, and it's also an environment like that is there's so much more stimulation going on for the pup as well and that's going to stimulate them and what get them to jump up do different things there's more noises more distractions in environments like that it's very difficult to engage with your pup and get it to actually pay attention and get it to actually learn and absorb things and so doing that is putting our pup in a situation where it's basically set up to fail and we're going to teach it bad habits like that so the the key it's and it's a huge this is a huge one eh um is really recognizing that that this situation is too much for the pup and it's counterproductive and either putting them in a crate or getting them in a karma situation and because the thing is <clears throat> is um the more we can do that the more we can keep it structured early on and keep things calm and and avoid putting our dog in those situations where it's uh those bad habits are just starting to form um the sooner we can get our pup to the point where it can be out of the crate and just cruising around with us the whole time without learning bad habits um but if we keep trying to give our pup freedom before it's ready for it and we're basically setting it up to fail and it's playing out those negative behaviors behaviors over and over then they become habit then you end up with a pup that well, i've talked about this a lot in other q a's now you've got a pup that's jumping all over everyone jumping all over surfaces and now you have to put it in a kennel or crate for longer so it's sort of one of those counterintuitive reverse psychology things i want my pup to have lots of fun and freedom to be part of the family that starts off with being in a crate and control and structure that's the fastest way to get our pup to the point where it can just cruise around out of the crate doing what it wants without using bad learning bad habits. Uh, if we try to do that too soon, we teach our dog a whole heap of bad habits and we can potentially screw that up forever. Um, I hope that makes sense. Give us feedback on it. Throw something else in the in the um, inner circle. Make a post. Ask us a question. Um, Duncan. Hi there, we have a two-year-old poodle crossed with a German wire hair pointer. We have had a lot of success with the Palmico dog guide training for getting him to stop pulling on the lead when walking. He's great when we take him to the park when there's no other dogs around. However, when there are other dogs, he gets very worked up barking and pulling to get to them. He's also the same with cars when we are walking along the road. Any suggestions on how to stop this, please? I'm guessing if the dog's two and you've had a lot of success with the Palmico dog guide for training him to stop pulling on the lead when you're walking, I'm guessing you're more remedial training with an older dog. So, and if you got him, if he was, if he had to be pulling on the lead for you to stop for you to train him with the Palmico dog guide to stop pulling on the lead. So I'm guessing it's sort of a, a bit of a, these are um, pre-existing habits of being really full on with other dogs and cars. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to know that. A few more details would be good. And it'd be interesting to know how long you've been training with the Palmico dog guide. 
Um, this is a little bit like my last answer. There's no quick, easy solution for this. Um, and it all comes down to basically structure, training, control, discipline. Um, with a dog that's really full on like that, particularly if maybe it's had a bit too much freedom in the past, so it's been able to run up to dogs full on, then that can start leading to problems, right? Because you, you, don't, you don't have control of your dog, it'll take off, run up to other dogs. Sometimes another dog might be aggressive or your dog might end up being aggressive or the, the owner of the other dog doesn't want your dog tearing up to it, right? Um, I see stuff like this all the time and I've done loads of one-on-ones and remedial work with dogs that uh, people talk about um, socializing and a dog being well socialized is just a dog that let it off at the beach and it can just go tearing up to other dogs and it can go well and it's all fun and the dog's just running around playing with other dogs but it can go pear-shaped so quick too and it can end up with dogs just completely losing control, getting in a dog fight, um, your dog that runs up to other dogs, what if the other dog's 200 metres away and then that, that other dog runs off the beach and now where's your dog gone? <laughs> it, it, it all ends up in things like this, you know, so that's why we we uh, exercise so much control and structure early on while also making sure our dog is well socialised as well so it, it, we get the best of both worlds without any big issues. Um, once you get to a point like that and things like a dog being really full on with other with cars or other dogs any big distractions like that it's usually a if not always a product of having no control and dialogue with your pup or dog early on like my dogs um, Print and Miko or pretty much any dog I've had um, when I was a kid I didn't know how to train dogs I was around dogs a lot as a kid and I made a lot of mistakes back then and that was a big part of my journey to learning about dog training and sort of working it out through my 20s but by my late 20s and through my 30s any dog that I've had I just haven't really had any really bad annoying problems with um, like other dogs and cars or any of this stuff <clears throat> because once I understood stood dog training properly and I had a proper bond and relationship and control and dialogue with my dog and the dog was actually respecting me and paid attention to me and if it does something if a car comes past and it reacts in a weird way I just go by the time the dog's six or eight months old through proper structured training I can actually communicate with the dog and the dog actually listens and I can say ah don't do that and keep walking and the dog just picks it up straight away okay we're not flipping out at cars or other dogs um print's pretty full on with other dogs when we're walking that's just his thing a lot of dogs have a thing um but it's by no means completely out of control he's never like pulling at a lead he's never barking or whining um if he does go to run off towards another dog i can always call him back i can tell him to sit down and stay um it's just a thing that he has um, that we manage you know Miko's got the same thing with birds um, it's just something that's caught her attention she's got focused on but I can control it 
Um, you know, these things only turn into a big problem when they get completely out of control and it turns into pulling and barking and whining or if the dog's off a leash, you've got no control of it and it just takes off. So when you do get in the situation where something like this has started and it's got to the point where it's getting a bit out of control and if you let your dog off a leash, it's going to take off or it's a real problem on the leash, barking and pulling, the the uh, solution is the same as avoiding it in the first place. Which So the, how I avoid it in the first place is proper training and structure, not too much freedom and responsibility before the dog's ready for it. Um, and it's the same when you're fixing it and there's no easy, quick solution to that. So it basically goes back to watching everything that's in the Palmico Dog Guide um, following a really good training system, keeping everything controlled and structured, doing everything correctly, good practices with the leash, uh, getting your dog walking on the leash as good as possible, getting out into a low distraction environment and running those drills, getting your stop drill as good as possible, using a long line to extend all of that stuff and just working and working on it and working on it and slowly improving your relationship and bond and control with your dog and your dialogue with your dog where you, you say something, your dog actually listens and it knows what you're talking about. It knows what pressure and praise it. It knows what, ah, don't do that or good dog. It's very, very important and it's surprising. It's very, very common that people don't actually have that basic dialogue that, ah, or pressure, no means no and good dog means good dog it's very very surprising how many people don't even have a yes and a no with their dog when they're telling their dog off it doesn't the dog doesn't really know what that means because the reading and timing and bond and relationship and freedom there's been too much freedom and everything's been so unstructured that you don't even have that basic dialogue of don't do that and the dog knows what it means, and good dog, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Um, and that's really, it's a huge part of what the Palmico Dog Guide, my training systems, are set up to do. And it, a lot of it's all in that stop drill, and the way we use a lead and a long line, pressure and praise, and that stop drill's huge. Um, the way we do it, get the dog to sit, step in, pat, step back, wait, if they move, up, then we release the pressure when they're doing the right thing. Step in, give them some praise. Praise isn't isn't the release though. Very, very important. And then we step back and then we release them. Um, a lot there's, there's a lot going on in that whole stop drill that's setting up that dialogue. And if you get all of those basic things right and you get that relationship to the point where the dog's listening to stop drills properly, it's not pulling on the lead. The relationship's good around the house too. The dog's just cruising. It's not doing anything wrong. You can say, get on your bed or cut inside, outside. It's kenneling sorted. Everything's sorted. It's very rare to have silly problems like it's full on, too full on with the dog in the distance or it's jumping and leaping and pulling with cars on the side. When you're in a remedial training situation, it's the same thing. Like when, when, when we start off with an eight-week-old pup, um, we basically train it till it's 12 or 18 months old. Um, 
and if you've got a two-year-old dog, a poodle wire hair cross shouldn't be too bad, you know. Um, you should be able to... It's a pretty smart breed. Um, but it could take six or eight or 12 months of really careful, diligent work, following all those processes properly, getting all those basic things to as high a level as possible. And some of those bigger issues with cars and dogs and things should should start to button off. They should start to get better. Uh, right, next question. Uh, Tish. Hey, we have a 12-week-old GSP. He is going really well with household things like crate and toilet training. That's good. Um, he is being a puppy, though, and loves stealing, sho loves stealing shoes. That's probably, well, definitely um, 12 weeks old stealing shoes. That's definitely too much unsupervised freedom and responsibility if a 12-week-old pup is stealing shoes. Um, but moving right along, my question is we are currently working on our recall and stop training. Our pup will most of the time stay quite close to us and not wander off too far with, with the long line. However, when he does go off and we recall him to come, at times he will come running up, me thinking he is coming in for a pat, but he will just dart straight past us and keep going. What should I do in this moment? Well, we, if he's 12 weeks old, you're doing everything with the long line on. Um, if he goes too far with the long line. So in the Palmico Dog Guide, we use a long line a lot, which is just a, a seven or so meter long um, light leash basically and that way the pup can move around and it can play and explore a little bit but we still have control of it we're holding on to the long line and if something happens we've got control of the pup it's safer and that's how we also start to train our stop commands our go commands and our recall so we can literally say with Miko I'd, she'd be 5 metres away on the long line and we talk about setting a pup up for success, not setting them up for failure, helping them to get it perfect every time, training with success. I can say, Miko, come. And I've literally got a lead on her and I can pull her into me. Sometimes you have a pup that pulls back on the, the long line a little bit or doesn't like it or something. Um, and we have to be careful and gentle in those times and guide, gently guide the pup through it as best we can. But at the end of the day, we've ultimately got control of the situation. So the pup gets it right every time, and they learn very, very quickly. If you're in a situation where your pup's running too far away, and then it's not coming back to you properly, then you, if you've got to the point where you're dropping the long line sometimes, and your dog's taking off further than the long line, you're not holding on to it, and sometimes it's not listening. Um, this is one of our principles. You need to take a step back in training. If you're moving through the steps and you try to take a step like uh, everything's going well while I'm holding on to the end of the long line, 
So I'm going to, first of all, you want to get everything going well while you're holding on to the long line, like really, really good and keep holding on to the long line for like two weeks till there's been no need to hold on to the long line for like a week or two and then drop it and go from there. But if something happens and your pup does something wrong or doesn't listen to a command because you're not holding on to the end of the long line again, you need to take a step back and start doing everything holding on to the long line again. Um, really, really important because if, this is another principle. Every time you give your, your pup or dog a command and it has the opportunity to not listen to it, you're tr literally training your pup that it doesn't have to listen to you. Uh, and that's a really bad cycle to get into. Um, she goes on to say, there are also times where I will recall him and he has the long line tight but will not budge. I will then give a little tug on the line but it doesn't seem to bother him as he won't come straight away even though it's tight. So that could be lots of things. And we talk about not holding pressure on a leash. If we pull the pup, it's always, we're, we're trying to, um, same with a change of direction. Um, we never want to be walking a dog on a leash with constant tension on a leash. We're always trying to work from a slack leash and a slack long line. Um, it's a huge part of the Palmico dog guide, proper uh, proper use of a leash. Um, so if I'm trying to call the pup, I'm never just holding tension and towing them in. I'm trying to use that long line just to get their attention, a little tug, get them to turn and come straight in. So that's super important that we don't, we're not holding constant tension tension on a leash um, there's loads in the Palmico dog guide about that demonstrating how to do it and everything change of direction all that stuff um, so that's really really important really good technique with the leash and the long line um, but another thing too on that is it's going back to what I was just saying every time you give your pup or dog a command that it doesn't listen to can you Cheers, man. Um, uh, is every time you give your pup or dog a command that it has the opportunity not to listen to is teaching it that it doesn't have to listen to you. Um, if you're making those smaller mistakes, then that can begin to show up in other areas. So uh, if you're dropping that long line and the pup's running off and it's not listening, it's not coming back, or it's running straight past you, it's doing these things, and that's going to start crop, uh, cropping up in other places. And uh, what was this? And then he's going to start leaning back into the long line because it's like, I don't have to listen to you. That's the rule of transfer. That's another one of our principles. The rule of transfer. If you start to make mistakes in one area, and it's the overall relationship thing with the dog, if you start to make mistakes in one area or you're screwing up one drill or command you're teaching your dog that it doesn't have to listen to you and it's going to start throwing up more resistance in other areas if you get all the stuff bang on pups actually learn very quickly and easily and they start to get very um very biddable very easy to train they just want to listen and and when it's all done properly and there's no mistakes, then it takes 
uh, very little pressure and training gets more and more positive. You're putting less pressure on your dog, less no, ah, come here, come here. And it turns to just, Miko, come. She comes running in, good girl, it's a big pat. If you say sit, they just sit down, do a quick stop drill, give them a pat, release. Good girl, it's all positive. And it's an upward spiral. Training can either be an upward spiral or a downward spiral. It's so true. And then, and the more positive you can get it and the more momentum you can make and the cleaner and tidier you keep everything, more training and structure, um, the better and easier everything goes. That's really how our whole routine is set up. Um, and that's it. Three, three questions because uh, we got back to these a little bit faster. Um, remember on any of these, if you've got to continue, you know, another question based on this question or based on my answer, throw it in there. We're always there to answer questions in the inner circle. Um, send us a message, throw it on the new Q&A post, throw a post up. Um, a huge thank, to, thank you to everyone that signed up to the Palmico Dog Guy lately. Um, shout out to everyone in the inner circle. And remember, if you want to check out the Palmico Dog Guide, big full-on video series on how I train my dogs from start to finish, you can check that out on palmicodogtraining.com. You can check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, thanks, everybody. We'll see you later.